just Look. text me and be like, I'm playing tennis with the wall right now. <laughs> I'm like, why didn't you text me? We live like two minutes away from each other. Let's play tennis together. Howdy. Today I, Dalton, spoke with my pal Scott from the fabled, acclaimed, and renowned Toronto shoegaze act Iris and the mastermind behind 30 Cent Fair. If you like to cry as much as I do, let's get into it.
how's it going? How have you been up to? Sure. Uh, it's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually doing pretty good though. I'm just like sort of, I have a really good partner, which is nice. And we've been like just living together basically. And it's been really good. And um, I mean, there's not much to do right now. I've been playing a lot of video games. I've written some songs, I've recorded some demos, but lately I'm just doing work. Like I'm just working. Right. Taking it easy because I just don't see like a, I just don't see anything necessary to like push for music right now until I can do live shows again. Cause I'm, you know, I'm still like working on a, like building my, self you know so totally totally yeah, yeah that's gonna be weird I, I keep kind of thinking back to like what the first or is what's gonna be like when shows and everything's back to normal like how weird it's gonna all feel at first i mean it does i don't know my whole thing is it's gonna be as weird as people make it like yeah it's gonna be people who feel like naturally like right back in the moment and there's gonna be people who are weird about it and you just gotta like you know understand that there's two different types of people who are going back into this and they both deserve a space at the at the spot you know oh totally yeah definitely cool uh before we get talking about 30 cent fair uh, Mm -hmm. i want to go back a bit to probably around we met which was like what like 2016 2017 i'd say 17 i think that sounds right formally met in 2017 we probably saw each other around before that but yeah probably just playing with your band right yeah i think when we first met you guys were recording in virgil with davis yeah because i think either i was just bumming around the studio a lot or yeah we were recording at the same time yeah Um, yeah. your band was recording like around the same time my band was so we're sort of in and out and also you came around a bit yeah yeah, I think I was like, it was because I think I was like working in the area or something. And it was just come yeah. by and smoke weed with Davis or something. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a pretty cool time back then, right? There was like <laughs> you guys with Iris. There was, who else was around? There was Bleach Bath too. Yeah, the brand joined us. Yeah, just like yeah. Uh, absorbed that. I wanted to absorb Brandon because I, <laughs> I loved like, he just has like a work ethic that, I'm not used to like he just is like very go-getting you know (laughs) should I need to be with this guy he's such a positive person to be around like he's always cracking jokes and shit okay yeah when I first chilled with uh Brandon I was like he was like playing a show with Bleach Bath in St. Catharines and I was like this guy is unbelievably cool I want to just I want to be in a band with him so I asked him to join yeah, so he's got a pretty good work ethic, eh? Like, so yeah, what's he's, the, he's the best. So he just goes and goes, but how how's your like work ethic then? I mean, like, it just depends. I'm like very, it's it's all based on like emotion for me. Like, I I'm a very like dynamic person where like some days I'm really like pushing for something, and I have like a vision, and I want to like, you know, just capture that and like put it on paper or record it or whatever and then some days like I just don't feel it you know but Brandon is like this fucking monster that just records so much like he's always recording he's always sending me ideas I'm like this guy's like so insanely good at what he does you know yeah 
yeah he's a, he's a really good dude and like watching i remember i watched i think i was like bumming around when they were doing the mazzy star cover or something yeah yeah Beth. and like just i was there first thing in the morning and just there until like stupid late and he didn't stop the whole time like he was just yeah no he's he's like the same as me like when i'm in the studio i'm just like i'm so into working i'll like literally just go for 12 hours straight like i just don't even have like my brain my like brain for like primitive needs shuts off and i'm just like i'm just focusing on this you know <laughs> totally yeah but like he's the same way he just like doesn't stop working he's he's a good worker yeah like yeah he's just like such a good guy to chill with too you know totally yeah. shout out to brandon oh yeah speaking of that mazzy star cover did you see that it's on the tv show now? yeah i saw it's it produced what? by it's produced by i think jessica beale or something what's her name <laughs> Oh, that's insane. <laughs> so fucking funny. So, like, there's just, he texted me the other night. He's like, there's a chance that Justin Timberlake heard that song because they're married, right? Yeah. Holy shit. What was it? was an HBO show? Yeah. Something, or like a Hulu exclusive show. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it's called, but he like posted the scene on his Twitter. And I was like, that is crazy. Yeah. I saw that. I was like, I think like, I got just woken up and the first thing I saw was uh yeah that Mazzy Star cover on that like show. I'm just like, what the fuck? That came out like four years ago. No, <laughs> like that guy was like because the actual song is in that episode as well, and then oh. their version is in the end of the episode or something. Okay. So I was like, fuck, that is so weird. I hope they don't get in like legal trouble. <laughs> they like asked for the rights to like release that track you know yeah they were like riding off the safety net of it just being on Bandcamp for so long yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now, and now it's like on something corporate and it's like oh yeah they entered, open up maybe <laughs> they entered the danger zone <laughs> yeah definitely i just don't want them not to owe mazzy start any money <laughs> like that would for mazzy first management but whatever yeah. i mean i doubt it's gonna happen yeah, that'd be the worst turnaround. Is going from like, just like, hey, we just got this on the show, and now we're we owe all this money. Yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah, it's like I don't know. Nazi Star doesn't. Not that I know them personally, but they don't seem like the type of band that would be chasing money, right? No. Like, I feel like if that's how I view. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'd see like another article about fucking Hope Sandoval like suing someone for using the same chord progression fans like got nothing all the tom york always does that <laughs> so cringe oh my god we gotta, yeah. we gotta get like a a group of all those artists i do because it was like danzig yeah tom york metal or lars it's just like how do you like justify the intellectual property of a song right there's like 12 notes there's a handful of chord shapes yeah it's like the odds of it happening is just so like like there's definitely people who wrote a riff that sounded like creep before radiohead ever did it oh yeah there's a really good documentary about um about um the song who let the dogs out and the legal battle that came of it because of like the Baha men released a song but there are so many songs before it that use that exact same <laughs> phrasing 
<laughs> and they went back all the way to this demo tape from the 80s of these two guys who worked at a little caesar's pizza <laughs> who did, did like a beastie boy style rap group and they had that same phrase and they were they were considered the first people to ever do that phrase in music now and it's so funny like it's it's just so funny <laughs> that's hilarious but well, it's just like that's at the end of the day it's like how does intellectual property work because there's no way that the bahaman heard that no, you know? no. it was like a demo tape from two kids like exactly exactly yeah and that their song is a sample of a fucking other song from the from earlier than them and it's like it's so hard to justify that <laughs> like yeah. justify who owns what in that world you know totally and i always find it like funny when like i like i just think back to like like any artist that would sue over like a song like that or a cover yeah did you not ever cover a single song when you first started like did you oh my god yeah for real dancing did you just start off like all right we're gonna start we got song about pumpkins let's go that's the thing that like irritates me so much too is like there's such an innocence with covering a song that like some artists just don't get it's just like a person liked your song enough to record a version of them doing it. Isn't that enough justification that they should be able to do it? You know, like. I'd be honored, so man. It, pardon? I'd be honored. Like if someone yeah, was like, for real, to, like, put the money into recording a cover. Yeah. Thanks. You know, it's like, that means a lot. Yeah. But I mean, it's just like, I don't know. People are money hungry. I think it's worse when it's like an artist that's like up and coming or like a smaller artist that's doing it. Like, I saw someone try to like sue Justin Bieber recently this band <laughs> Justice, because they had the cross T in their logo and they like had copyrighted it. And I was like, how do you copyright the letter T looking like a cross? <laughs> like you did not make that up. And like, it becomes like in like a capitalist society of like, you're making music and like music is like, it can be capitalist, especially if that's the society you grew up in. Right. Like it's oh, not yeah. like you're just like playing music on the street or anything you're trying to make a living and often i feel like a smaller artist become more cutthroat yeah like, in that society like it's like they become more cutthroat in capitalism they're just like that's mine i want my money for it and it's like that's not what it should be about you know like that's no, just no. like if you're like trying to sue a famous artist because they used a cross t in their logo that's not the move you just look like you look like a fucking like start a business guy or like you don't look like you're in it for the music at all you know like you look like you're in it to like cash cash out and it's just like pathetic like (laughs) totally i feel like that's become like a really common thing with music lately i don't know well i don't want to say just music like i feel like everything especially in the last like year and a bit is unfortunately everyone has had to kind of try and get their um like passions and projects to be financial Um, exactly and it's like we don't really have shows anymore you know like we need our buck and like mm -hmm. i mean like yeah i want everybody to be able to make a living off of music you know Mm -hmm. like that's it should be it should go without saying like people who write music and if your music's good enough like and you break out yeah i don't know i feel like you know some people have gotten cutthroat with it i'm like man you gotta chill like like it's just i don't know like, I, I don't know. My whole thing is like, I'm a small artist, right? So I was like, during this pandemic, it's a good time for me to reset my life. Totally. Figure out, like, after I did that EP for 30 Cent Fair, I was like, I'm going to like take a break from like doing anything intense. 
mm-hmm. with music and like just figure out like is this what I want to do and like yeah it's what I want to do but like it's is it worth pouring my money into it right now you know not really because there's no return because I can't play shows totally yeah so it's kind of just like a reevaluate how you've been how you have been doing such like the way you've been approaching basically it's just like I thought that like you know with 30 cent fair like I'm I'm not gonna beat around the bush I thought I wrote five really good songs like fantastic thank you like and I was like oh I wrote five really good songs I want to record this maybe it'll pop off on the internet maybe it won't but it's just like at the end of the day like obviously it's not gonna pop off because I can't play a show and like just me being in the position I'm in it's not like I'm like some super hot dude who like came out with a fucking sick voice like (laughs) I mean like you know what I'm saying like conventional (laughs) active people like and then they like have this industry plant thing that goes on they get like thrown into the world and everybody loves them because they're so hot and they are a good singer you know <laughs> like justin bieber yeah <laughs> Honestly, the, like, the industry plant so thing is so funny to me because it's like it, it it is insane like where do they come from they don't ever do their like the grind I, you never see them yeah i mean know, like, they just pop crazy up. and it's just like I don't know like it's 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 like a weird it's it's like some weird social experiment because there's often like a lot of those things end up failing like like they they come out for a bit then they're gone you know Mm -hmm. and it's sad because like it's never the it's never the artist's fault it's like the industry's fault like they were just like let's exploit this person throw a bunch of money at them and then if their album fails we'll just drop them you know it's mm-hmm. just like it's never the artist's fault and I feel like the artists get the brunt of that which sucks like because they're the face of it so people are gonna be like look at this fucking loser but it's just like no like the people the suits are the fucking problem you know like they're oh, the yeah. problem with it absolutely yeah um so yeah let's let's talk about 30 cent fair then um okay. so five songs super fucking good like so catchy um first like thing that i got off it like was some pre-mad like kind of like 90s like garage or lo-fi thanks off yeah. it. like i kind of like st- kind of stuff like um you know like dinosaur jr yuck got a lot of that out of it. Yeah, what, awesome. what were you listening to at the time or like what was inspiring you what led you to those songs it's so weird like <sighs> I don't know me and my friend Dan are very similar when we write music we're like always writing stuff that's like sounds nothing like what we're listening to because I like you know I listen to like like Drain Gang like Blade and Young Lean and fucking Tie Boy Digital and Echo 2K and shit all the time like I'm constantly listening to that and like with the music it's just like I feel like I've held on to artists that like were important to me like I loved Owen like growing up in high school and I was like I want to be I want to be writing music like that like I want to be writing music that is like about life about like like personal struggle that affects the general public you know like and like that's a big part of it like counts for nothing like counts for nothing like musically was not really influenced by anything but like the lyrics were definitely influenced just by like it's just like about the collective struggle, but like trying to like personalize it. It's like, here's my, here's my struggle. Like, here's what me being like, I wouldn't say like, I'm like poor or anything. Like I have a decent job, uh, but I mean, on the terms of like income, I'm definitely low income. And 
and Canadian uh, society and like shit like that. So it's just like, like, you know, 70% of my fucking wages going to rent kind of shit, you know, like it's like a lot of money. Right. And I guess that's like that song. It's been so long since I've written it, but that song for me was like, damn, like that was the first song I wrote for it. And I was like, this feels good because it feels like I'm writing something political, but I'm not writing something that's, um, you know, like propaganda. Like I'm not writing something they may not realize is political. Life is political, you know, like the, your, the general population like is affected by the government, is affected by your provincial government, by your federal government, by your municipal government. And like life, it makes life political. Like, so why, like more people need to just be aware of that, I think, you know? Mm-hmm. Musically though, man, like listen, I listen to like so much like drinking shit, but like it would be like Owen and like I was listening to Red House Painters a lot at the time, but then all that shit about Mark Coslet came out and like then I didn't know where I stood with it. And like sometimes if a song comes on, I listen to it, but it's not like the first artist I'm jumping to listen to anymore, like because I yeah. feel comfortable with it, you know? Absolutely. But like, yeah, I listen to that a lot. And like anything that has like an alt country vibe to it, it was like, it was really into alternative country. I was listening to Wilco then too. But mm-hmm. then my friend Dan made a comparison to Third Eye Blind, which I had never listened to before. Oh, no. <laughs> I only ever knew like, I only ever knew like Jumper or whatever that song yeah. was. The one that was in Yes Man. But I was so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> always like block like whenever I hear about like a big artist, I'm like, they don't need my attention. <laughs> like, totally. They don't need my attention. If I like it, I'll like it kind of thing. Right? Like they have enough fans. And like, I always like brush off bands and shit. And like, I, I like have learned to stop doing that. And like, I feel like I'm finding a lot more things I like. Cause I listened to third eye blind after I was like, this band fucking is amazing. Like, yeah. Well, you've been listening to a lot of angels and airwaves lately. eh? I love angels and airwaves and I had never listened to any <laughs> song with them other than the adventure until yeah. last summer. They are fucking so good. Like mm-hmm. I, I listened to blink for a while. Like, cause I didn't really like blink growing up, but then my partner was like, listening to them and I was like this is really good but like yeah I realized I only liked the songs that Tom DeLonge sang <laughs> yeah. like I only liked those ones because I liked his voice it was like different and like obviously it sounds so cringe saying that because like he like everybody knows he has like a different voice and shit like that and like a recognizable mm-hmm. voice oh, no, yeah. but it was like different and like you recognize it from like fucking oh, miles yeah. away like you'll just if you hear that voice you know who it is exactly I listened to Boxcar Racer after that. I was like, this is so good. But then so I listened good. to uh, the album I Am Fire by Angels and Airwaves after that. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, it yeah. was just like, I-, I was just like, this must have been insane for kids who were into pop punk <laughs> to hear a band that, that they, by a guy they admire so much do something that sounds like stadium rock, like U2 or Coldplay or something. Yeah. but do it in a way where it's still akin to like pop punk where it's just like that attractive chord progression that's like like pop punk is a formula man oh yeah like it still is too it's, it's so like they're the only thing that can make that genre bad is the people in the bands mm-hmm. like the music is so like objectively 
good like it's like drake of like rock music like it's <laughs> formula like it's just like there is nothing they could do that is bad they will not put out a bad song because like everything is catchy and maybe yeah. it's repetitive but it's like a it's a repetitiveness that we're familiar to yeah so hearing all of these songs that sound like the fucking u2 or something but with pop punk chord progressions i was like oh my god this is like ingenious music like it's just and like they never popped off or anything so like obviously it didn't work out but like to me like after listening to those records and i've listened to all of the records now i'm just like shit like i that band is like my favorite band yeah like i I don't know why it is i don't know why i'm 25 years old listening to a band (laughs) for fucking 15 year olds (laughs) but like i cannot stop listening to them i think they're did you I hear their new song? About it is good. Yeah, I loved it. it was I thought good. the were kind of cringe, but they, like, they, he's like a fifty-year-old man, right? Like, yeah, he's never been great at writing lyrics. The day. Pardon? He's never been great at writing lyrics. I won't give him that. Like, Honestly, either... no, but like I listen to like I Empire, and like a lot of those lyrics are good. Like, it's just I just I like that the lyrics are like either like I want to fuck a dog in the ass, or do you believe in love? Let's go to space. Um, yeah yeah it's like I love that but like i don't know i just i i love him i don't know oh, like, yeah talking about him i'm like the alien shit i was like did not care about ufos until i started getting into him like, <laughs> yeah like when i got into like tom DeLong and i got into like the alien shit that he's doing i was like this is going so much deeper than just some dude who plays in a pop punk band likes aliens like it it goes so much deeper <laughs> he's like, really gone like far off on that shit like but it's just like now the mainstream news is talking about ufos and obama yeah. just came out and said that he's seen ufos like <laughs> the they just do a 60 minutes with tom where or with about ufos and tom delong was like involved in it or some shit it was, in, it was somebody tom delong was involved with that just did yeah. a 60 minutes interview and i was like now it's like more than ever it's just like fuck like this shit might be real it could just be atoms and matter in the sky Mm -hmm. but it could be it could be something bigger like marvin the martian for all i fucking know yeah it's just like you're just shaking though because you're just like this is something i'm unfamiliar with like i didn't care about that shit when i was a kid i I hope i I just i just cared about fucking chilling with my friends when i was the child (laughs) now it's all about the now that now that we're in lockdown now it's all about the aliens and uh vampire here's with the fucking conspiracy side (laughs) honestly though if aliens do come and we need someone to make contact like like you know like the the representative for earth it should be tom DeLong. oh yeah because he just seems like he likes them he doesn't seem like he's threatened by it no <laughs> like, he, he and he couldn't threaten them either yeah i know he's just such a fucking normal human <laughs> like, <laughs> normal human who is like a larger than life fucking life you know it's yeah crazy. oh man i don't want to even get hung up on blink on like tom and blink too much but now i just want to ask what are your thoughts on uh, travis barker turning everyone pop punk now it's so dumb I, I, just, <laughs> I don't care about anybody in that band other than tom honestly <laughs> travis makes me cringe like he's like whatever like 40 something now and he looks you know have you ever watched a john mulaney stand-up special like you know oh. the comedian john mulaney i know who he is but i haven't watched any of it he has a joke about like how he 
never like got older looking he just started to look more terrible like he looked like, <laughs> like that is travis barker like <laughs> he never started to age but he just like looks terrible <laughs> but like with travis barker i don't know like he obviously is a good drummer like mm-hmm. and obviously mark hoff is a good bassist but their personalities on the internet like they brand themselves so hard and i feel like tom doesn't and like there's something i like about that but Travis like doing the pop punk shit, Machine Gun Kelly. I hated that. Oh. That record was so hard to listen to. It was. And I actually I didn't even listen to the whole record. Music to me, it's not even because of the music. The personality of Machine Gun Kelly is so hard to like mm-hmm. that I can't get past it. I'm just like, this guy is like 32 years old and he acts like a fucking kid. Yeah. Like, throwing like toilet paper at the <laughs> to drive by, like. It's so abysmal. Oh, it's so brutal too. Because now, if you ever try to look up My Bloody Valentine, you get Machine Gun Kelly instead. Now you get a Machine Gun Kelly song. Yeah. Yeah, man. I've always had a, My Bloody Valentine. There's always been a fun, uh, fun game I've had to play. Because the first time I heard about My Bloody Valentine, I didn't even know it was a separate band from Bullet for My Valentine. Yeah, that's the, that's <laughs> the fucking that's part for the course. Yeah. So like, yeah. I remember the first record that I was recording with davis he, we were doing like some part with like a bunch of reverb and delay and davis was like yeah it's like super my bloody valentine and i'm like the fuck are you talking about <laughs> thinking he was talking about both my valentine yeah that's hilarious it's actually funny because like a few weeks ago at my work one of my managers was asking me like what my band sounded like and i was like oh we sound like my bloody valentine and he's like oh like i used to know who they were my boyfriend was a huge metal head and I was like, <laughs> yeah I was like, they're not a metal band, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but I Actually, mean, at the end of the day, that band is like, as big as they are, they they are obscure and like, yeah. you know, they're different and they're like kind of avant-garde and I like understand why like people don't like it or don't know it, you know, like it's yeah. like, just throw My Bloody Valentine on at a party and everybody's fucking vibing. <laughs> nerdy music, to be honest. Like, oh, yeah. I, I like it a lot and every time I listen to it I'm like if some kid was listening to this and nerding out about it I would want to throw them in a locker <laughs> like you know like I would just I'd have this tendency to want to bully like, but I don't want to do that because you know? here I am sitting and listening to it
Brandon has a hilarious story about me that before we met, he his band Camper played a show with Iris mm-hmm. at the May Cafe in Toronto. And Brandon walked up to me to talk to me. And apparently I just like laughed at him at his face and said, what the fuck are you talking about? And walked away. <laughs> I was like, fuck, I was that guy. Like I was that kind of person. And oh what was seven years ago? This is only seven years ago, which I mean, a long time has passed. But I'm just like, I can't believe I was still talking like that to people. It's so funny that, like to think of you. <laughs> it's so not me anymore that I'm no why was I ever like that like I don't know it's just because I was insecure probably but yeah now I've like channeled my insecurities into like let me take this out on me (laughs) 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 maybe a little better than taking it out on some random person Brandon but (laughs) it's a step up from taking it on others is taking it on yourself and then Yeah, I don't know what comes after that. We'll all figure it out. Just Growing pains. Yourself, I think. I don't know. <laughs> Trying to love yourself, I guess. Oh. I think I've made leaps and bounds with that, honestly. I'm, I'm starting to like myself more, but... Oh, I'm so happy to hear that, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been in... Iris has been around for a long time now. Yeah. Like, I've... how long has Iris been going on for, then? Um, 2013, I remember my partner at the time, Danielle, wanted to make a band that sounded like we're... Oh, Yeah. There's a buzzword band. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to be in a band with you. I'm dating you. you know? <laughs> I was just being like weird. But then I was like, but let's write songs together and record them. And we need to like write some songs and record them with Matt. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been like 2013. I don't mm-hmm. know how long, like eight years, I guess. Eight, July 1st was the day that we released our first EP eight years ago. Wow. And that's the one with Fix Me and... No, no. It was, no? Like, this, it was like this older one. That they, like, it was actually kind of sick because it was like a Bandcamp release when Bandcamp was like popping. So we sold out of our tapes and shit because like it just, it just got traction on Bandcamp. And I was like, oh, this website's cool. And then when we put out the, al- the record after that with Fix Me and stuff, that one, I... My PayPal was fucking blown up. Cha-ching. <laughs> I I never seen. If I say that I mean like two grand, but like <laughs> I never seen two grand in an account in my life. Most musicians <laughs> like, don't. Yeah, so I was like, holy shit! And we we're getting written up on all these blogs and shit. Yeah, and like then it just sort of fizzled out with like everything went away and then I brought it back with my friends with like my friend Dan and Lee and Danielle was in but then Danielle moved to the UK and then I was like okay Dan quit I need to get a new guitarist I need to get a new bassist and singer Mm -hmm. and yeah then after that like you know it was like it was good it was good and things are still like good it's slow right now obviously um yeah and like slowly forever came and went <laughs> off of streaming platforms but you know it's yeah. just like we're still doing shit we're just we're just making a lot of changes before we go back into this world you know yeah do you guys have have you guys been like kind of working on stuff kind of like independently and sending some ideas like obviously like santi he yeah, just doesn't stop but um he's got like a ton of ideas i've been writing here and there for it 
it's nothing that we want to like jump into and do because like ultimately like we like I don't want to talk too much about Salute Forever, you know, like yeah. but like it's it's not gone forever, you know, Sweet. it's not gone forever. Like yeah. we're just like there's a part of me in, in my brain that was like, why did I come out with this as Iris? And like it's a different band it's a different sound like I'm singing now I wasn't singing before you know so yeah I was like there's it felt sus for me to do that so I was like go oh, let's start fresh like let's use this time to like rebuild ourselves and do new things you know and like like and I think that like I think that that's gonna make us stronger in the end because I'm like okay like we're actually like sort of taking like we're taking a step back from like a name you know because like I don't want to be associated like with Iris at that point because it's not the same band that's like ultimately what it is so we're gonna change the name and shit and, Whoa. And, like, I want to like I want to like just start anew like I yeah start anew and I want to do it properly I want to roll out things properly and, yeah that's basically what it is like Iris is like it meant a lot to me at the time and like it wasn't the same band when it when it happened again and it means a lot to me like this band means a lot to me too you know it's mm -hmm. its own thing well yeah because what it's you santi meg and lee right me santi meg lee and dairy and it's five years five years okay and that's like almost an entirely new lineup from entirely i'm the only Enti it is entirely new right yeah, i'm the only original member so right. i was like this isn't the same band i never sang before you know <laughs> right like so it's just like i felt like i was sort of like grasping at that name and being like this name has a name let's just fucking use this name and it'll get traction and it did like yeah <laughs> and it did get traction like i was right about it but then i felt weird about it i was like <laughs> i should be doing that like yeah I'm doing something stupid yeah i feel like it's just time to to kind of like lay that one to rest it's time to almost like bury it in a way you'd say definitely I yeah think that that's the word for it like I just want to like I'm like a different person I want to write about different things like that everything like going forward is going to be different I think like the way that we present ourselves and shit definitely like mm -hmm. it's not going to be some like mysterio fucking cross arm band photo kind of <laughs> like you guys gotta get like a gimmick like the masks and all that shit just like yeah, yeah. no yeah. one knows <laughs> i would love to do a fucking gimmick band one day it's oh, not gonna man. be this band but i would fucking do a gimmick band what, what would be your gimmick band i don't know i never thought about it <laughs> i would be i would be like definitely like scared if the gimmick has been done oh i know right that's a thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah no we're literally just talking about intellectual property while i don't think it's stupid oh am i copying something like it's like when people are just like oh like everyone's so beautiful but i'm ugly or something <laughs> like it's just like oh people are beautiful body positivity but i look gross just, like, just going fishing bud it's just like oh intellectual property stupid but damn like am i copying somebody right now i don't know if i am <laughs> but yeah i don't know i just want i want iris to be like i want iris to be iris and i want this band to be this band that's ultimately what it is and for sure like, 
we're different people. I, I'm so different than when I was back then. And everybody else is physically a different person. So, yeah. yeah. You, you go through so many changes over the course of eight years, especially different lineup changes. You said Danielle was your partner for a time. Like, so yeah, like th- there's so many things in your life that would have happened throughout those eight years. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was 17. I was yeah. 17 when I started. I'm 25 now. Like I, I know like, that I'm, my brain hasn't stopped growing yet, but like, <laughs> it, it has grown since. Maybe grown and shrunk and grown again and shrunk, but you know, <laughs> I'm not. Galaxy brain. Yeah, yeah. Now I have brain rot. <laughs> Maybe with galaxy brain last year that I smoked weed every day and now I wrap up fart jokes all the time. So that's what I've been feeling lately, man. I, I, I recently crippled myself. So I've just been smoking weed all day because I can't do anything other than that literally and it's fine i think it's good it like brings back some like childhood laughter like exactly laughing at like the dumbest shit and you're just like damn i haven't laughed at something like this since i was a kid it feels like freeing like it's just like you're not bound and like tied up by like is this supposed to be funny or is this not (laughs) like you're just like stoned and you're like haha this guy pissed himself like (laughs) This is hilarious. I literally saw a meme earlier today, like when I first woke up this morning about some dude pissing himself and I'm just there bong hand like. <laughs> I saw like these jeans that are coming out that like look like, that make it look like you wet yourself. <laughs> that's what like, it was. Yeah. And then I was like, huh, that's funny. And like <laughs> two years ago, I would have been like, that's stupid. Yeah. That's <laughs> literally all this morning it was the, those pants that looks like your pisters. Like, that's awesome. I won't care. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, jumping off point for a conversation at a party, you know? Yeah, uh, like, like a super spreader event. Yeah, honestly, next that's for people that want that one show start up if they do if they are a little uncomfortable still, just give them those. People will probably avoid you if you pissed yourself at a show. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you look like you pissed yourself. Nobody wants to talk to you. No. Trust me, no one wants to talk to you. I know from experience. <laughs> I'm pissing myself. That's nasty. <laughs> when I was like 10 years old, I had this friend named Max, and we were at a show in Ajax, and he like poured water on the back of my pants and started telling everybody I peed my ass. <laughs> Which, like, I was in 10th grade. I was fucking crying from laughter. I would still cry from laughter if that happened now. That is so funny. <laughs> You ever have like a friend that was like, you might have thought their jokes were stupid when they were a kid, and then you think about them now, and you're just like, oh my god, they're a genius. They're just ahead of their time. Yeah, and there was so a- many friends like that. Like, yeah, there was this one kid who would. Uh, how old were we? I think we were in middle school, so like seventh or eighth grade, and he did like some gross shit. And at the time, we we're like, oh fuck no. But looking back now, I'm like that kid is a g like i remember we were sitting in class and he would have like he had like a bottle of gatorade and he took a sip and the tea like he just held on to it he was sitting like right in front of me like we like that the the tables set up like in like fours like groups of four yeah. Yeah. and the teacher was talking and he just looks up and just spits it like a fountain like all the way up like right to the ceiling and like I don't know how he stored so much fucking Gatorade down his gullet, but Jesus Christ, it just didn't end. And like, it was like one of those, like, it, it honestly felt like a, I could tell, like, a, like a, a moment from a TV show because the teacher just stopped and just watched it happen. Just like, oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. yeah or he would just kid. like, 
shit next to the, the toilet in the washroom. Like, oh god, there was a guy at uh, my friend's high school who used to shit on the floor and leave a note saying, With love, the phantom, <laughs> the phantom shitter. Yeah, he just would shit on the floor and call himself the phantom. It's like that. It's the uh, the the that fucking was it the graffiti dick um show or poop the the oh, what fu- that the, was poop burglar no what was it called vandal yeah was american vandal show? was yeah. it about poo or is it it was about was poo it, right? i've never seen the show i just know people who talk about it. i i watched it when i came i think it's like oh man yeah it's either about it's either about poop or it's about penises <laughs> pi yeah, either or or both There's yeah two. One of them's got to be about that. <laughs> okay. I'm the craziest like brain that just goes in five directions at once. No. I'm so uh, next question that I have for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, um, what got you into like alternative music? Where like you were saying that before, like in high school and stuff, you were like a hardcore kid. Oh my like, god! What, what, what is your path? I want your origin story from start to finish. What to got me into music? Yeah. Fucking metalcore. That shit yes. rocks, man. Yes. Like that shit still rocks. Like I was listening to Devil Wears Prada so much and like shit like that, and I was like just soaking it in. I was like, everything about this rocks. It's like stadium rock. It has breakdowns. It's so yeah. good. Like so simple and like and when the cleans come in you're just like yeah the cleans come in you're just like oh my god it's epic you know yeah oh my god i'm so glad that this is how you got into it too because i that's how i got into it for the most part and no one wants to talk about that no people like really i don't understand why people hide their past because like if you do a little digging you'll find it a lot of people fucking loved metalcore when they were kids tony hawk I was one of the biggest fans of Attack Attack, I think. I was obsessed with Attack Attack so hard. Like, mm-hmm. they were unbelievable. They had just released their record right when I went into high school. Oh, perfect. I was just, it was so new to me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I had gotten into, like, hardcore bands. Like, at the same time I got into Attack Attack, I got into Ceremony. Like, oh, shit. My, my brain was like, I not my brain, my fucking attitude toward it was like, I just wanted things that were like, not um it just like not liked by other kids i don't know i want to be different like ultimately yeah. i was at the end of the day i was like i want to be different but mm-hmm. it was like all those all those bands like they meant so much to me as a kid and they still mean so much to me now and devil wars Prada. Like, i just listened to their new ep i loved it i thought it was cool and like it's stupid and the, and the press for it is so dumb but like because it's a zombie ep too that's what it is so like the press is it's a zombie like, ep yeah they released a second one and what it's like super heavy like what like the, the first f- one right <laughs> that's and, what i'm doing right after this is next yeah time. yeah check it out it's fucking dope but like it's so funny because the there's this one article i read about it that just like it sounded like I heard it in Bernie Sanders' voice. Just <laughs> the way it was written. One sec, I gotta pull this up on my phone. I cannot. <laughs> I like saved it because it was so funny to me. But um, it was like, fuck, 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 fuck. One sec. Okay, yeah, yeah. This I heard this in Bernie Sanders' voice because of the way it's written. Is so that kind, like kind of thing. 
before we get ahead of ourselves, let's lay down the facts. The Devil Wears Prada's forthcoming release, Z2, is straight up and down about the zombie apocalypse. But, and bear with me now, it's also an EP about much, much more. I that can totally hear Bernie so, That is the most insane writing I've ever read. Like, I, I felt, I felt like I lost like 20 brain cells and like, <laughs> I feel like I was just like, becoming dumber and dumber and dumber like every sentence of that i was like holy fuck like if anything ruins metalcore it is the press for it like oh yeah like because the bands the music's good like it's just heavy like what is there not what's not to like about something that's heavy like right it's like you could put on acacia strain and i'll still be like this is so like sick i want to see this live or like a mirror, I'll be like, I want to see this live. Or misery signals, like I want to see this live. It's fucking dope. But mm-hmm. the press for those bands are so cringe. Yeah, like I don't get it. Like I don't get why they can't. Someone can't just write. Someone cool can't just write something cool about them. Yeah, it has to be somebody writing something that sounds dumb, like or like more profound than it is. Like it's just fun music, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. That that was a thing that always like I think that's like the worst part about that genre was like you, going back and listening to some of the artists and like kind of no longer feeling that um like closeted shame of like oh man yeah. i still really dig this fucking pierce the veil song yeah, um, yeah. and then like but then you also go back and think about that time and like w- that was the worst part was like yeah all the press around it how like how overly serious they took themselves like the um but in their defense Mm -hmm. at that time it was cool to be serious it was serious about you know and i feel like at the end of the day with every band that's grown up and they're still doing the band i think they're aware now like I, i think they're aware like it's just like but the whole thing is like we're here sitting and talking about it being in our 20s Mm-hmm. But there are people who are like teenagers who are just getting into now into them now, and they're taking it just as serious as we took it. Yeah, like a decade ago, and yeah. like that's like at the end of the day, that's where it's just like I still like am happy that, that those bands exist because like I loved them when I was a kid, and I'm glad that they're still existing so that kids younger than me can get into them. You know? Yeah. Well, I I I, I follow like a bunch of different subreddits for like like emo screamo or like metalcore and stuff and yeah, it's yeah. interesting to me because like it, it it i think it just goes to say like it's kind of like that old like that hard times article where mm-hmm. it's like man who left scene surprised there's still a scene or something like that or whatever it is is because like yeah. i still see there's new metalcore bands out there and yeah. I, don't, I don't mean like bands like wrist meat razor or like see you space cowboy kind of going back and or vain kind of going back and doing it yeah, yeah more so like there's bands that are doing that specific metalcore that was huge in warp tour like, like you know like bands metal. like yeah like this bands doing like the devil wears product doing texas in july um yeah, yeah. those like, kind 100%, of hundred percent like it, it still exists and it's still a big scene and mm-hmm. like we only say that it doesn't exist anymore we're surprised that it doesn't exist anymore because we don't involve ourselves with it. Yeah, we're all in. Like, when we leave a scene, it's still going to be there. And I feel like it's like, ultimately, like, being aware of that, it's just like, some people, like, the people who aren't aware of that, like, kind of, it's just like, like, I don't know. It's just like judgmental. I think that somebody else 
isn't going to like it because you don't like it isn't that kind of narcissistic you know totally like that's how i feel about it it's like you're you're a narcissist if you think it doesn't exist because you didn't you and your friends don't go anymore exactly it still exists. there's like new deathcore bands that are getting huge like, yeah and i'm just like okay like that's cool like i'm glad that they're doing that but, mm-hmm. you know it's just like yeah i don't know metalcore man that that shit always i'll hold that in my heart forever like and i'm getting shown metalcore bands i never listened to when i was younger by my roommate and he showed me like the red cord and i was like Pfft. yeah that's one that always i i i always like heard about them same with um and shikari those kind of bands, like all like yeah just like those are like bands that like i always heard about throughout all the years and just never really yeah like for me like the first metalcore band i got into was when i was in seventh grade it was kill switch engage yeah i did not know what metalcore was at that point though. no and i liked their newest record as daylight dies okay. and that record isn't really a metalcore record you know it's like a yeah. metal it's a proper metal record by a proper metal label mm-hmm. like and then when I like dug back to the earlier stuff, I didn't really like it. But when I was in high school and I understood what metalcore was and I got into it, I was like, this is my favorite stuff by them now. Yeah. Because it's like exactly what I've been looking for. And then I think the red core came out at the same time as them and they're like proper, they're proper deathcore. Like it's just like insane, weird samples, fucking crazy breakdowns, blast beats everywhere, mm-hmm. like very sporadic all over the place shit. Like, yeah. It's like, it's perfect though. <laughs> to me, it's like, wow, this rocks. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, like, yeah. I'm still into all that shit. Like, I didn't get into shoegaze until 2013, like when I was going into college. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, when I was in 10th grade, I heard Were for the first time. That was the first shoegaze band I ever heard. And I yeah. was like blown away. And like, obviously, what happened to them happened to them. And like, what they did, they did. But mm-hmm. I'm not gonna take away from the fact that when I was a kid and they came out, they were one of my favorite bands. And like, no, you, you can't take that away, right? Yeah, they like wrote they wrote this like kind of music that I was like sort of like pining for. Like it was just like it was emotional, it was like mysterious. You didn't really know what they were talking about because the lyrics were not like there entirely, but it also had a punk aesthetic. And mm-hmm. I think that's what like really drew me to it is like I was really into punk and metalcore and hardcore. And this band had a punk aesthetic and I was like, this is cool. So I listened to them throughout high school and I didn't listen to my bloody Valentine until probably college. Mm-hmm. And that's when I took a dive into like all the older bands and I was listening to them and I was like, fuck, this is awesome. And I think that's like, yeah, I don't know. Cause with Iris, you can tell in the early shit, it's like, it's like, were like, yeah. it is like that. It's like, yeah, I feel like with, with haunt me, like, you get a lot of were, in, you can feel like the were influence in like, any of those kind of that that era of the shoegaze revival yeah air, yeah air quotes definitely um and then with cool. with um the self-titled you can kind of see that you guys have gone back at this point you guys have grown your musical horizon so much after yeah well that was like five years that, after yeah at that point like it wasn't it was like that's not the only thing i'm listening to anymore that's like yeah music you know like I was like really into shoegaze, like slow dive and shit like that. But I was also into like co- like country music. Mm-hmm. I was also into like like alternative rock. And I was like, oh, you know what? Like I'm gonna like do. I'm gonna write these songs. And me and my friend, like me and my friend Dan, wrote those songs together. 
um and like then can quit but you know mm-hmm. and you still use them <laughs> um but like it's just like we we wrote those songs together and yeah they're just like you could i could just tell i was like holy fuck i'm i'm older i've listened to so much more like i, I feel like we want like i guess it feels like we went back to like sort of 90s shoegaze but i think the goal was to like go back but also like millennialize it like i'd say you guys fresh and new like let's give it like a really loud master and a really solid mix and like make it overproduced almost that's the fucking deathcore metalcore energy yeah yeah (laughs) fuck out of it and yeah it and master it super loud and then that's like (laughs) you know like i was like okay i got what i wanted yeah had to get the track that's just like straight wall of noise that you just soak in yeah like i really wanted to have a wall of noise that sound like a wall of noise like when you listen to my bloody valentine stuff all the masters are quiet as shit like yeah nothing feels like anything when you listen to them in headphones you have to listen to them on stereo super loud exactly but it's like yeah with my like with iris i was like oh, i want to fucking like I'm, when this is cranked on your phone which is the fucking thing people use to listen to i want it to be cranked i want it mm-hmm. to be loud yeah, and Davis was definitely the dude to go for it for that. Oh my like, god, yeah, I loved the way his shit sounded. <gasps> like, I I wasn't I wasn't even like close to him at all before that, but like mm-hmm. I was always listening to things he put out, and like all the hardcore and like metalcore bands he did, and I was like, this guy is like doing something like oh, it's so like it sounds kind of raw, but it sounds produced. It sounds like heavy. It's loud. Just needed that. I needed yeah, that energy, and he's like the fucking dopest dude ever. Like, oh my god best energy to be around when you're recording he's so excited and down to do things yeah he makes it he the that's what's nice about recording with davis is like he's excited about the project he's working on he's like like helpful with the songwriting um and like when when shit gets like tiring and like tiresome he doesn't make it depressing he makes it such a like a like not in not an environment of like going to record it's like oh we're going to hang out and write songs and record yeah that's like literally what i love about i just did some 37 fair demos with him like a couple months ago and i was like i was like going and i'm like davis i'm like super nervous i haven't written any songs like since the last ep Mm -hmm. like i don't know how these ones are gonna go and he just had such a positive attitude it made me less scared to like go there and like share these things with him all of the demos ended up sounding cool I love the I love the time I spend with him. I love the time I spend with him every time I'm with him. Yeah. Every time I'm with him, I feel like we like get closer, you know. Exactly. Like, definitely the guy I like to chill with. And yeah, he just got a new studio in Guelph. So Yeah, with um uh, Nick, mm-hmm. I think, right? Um Helpin. Yeah, yeah. But I'm excited to record there. I'm definitely gonna record with him again. Like he's like the guy I wanna record with. Yeah, I also liked the Fort Erie spot though because it was, oh, it was like dope. you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like you're at a church and there's like all the stores are closed by three p.m. Oh, I just <laughs> I, I I just before I moved away, I stopped by um uh his, the church in Fort Erie um yeah. to like kind of say bye and because I'd never I'd never actually ended up visiting that that studio yeah, yeah and um it was just so funny like because he was recording i think he was recording teeth mm-hmm. and just like i was outside like having a smoke or something and just like 
realizing how loud it is and how like I was like this is great that this like such heavy music is coming from inside this church in such a quiet small town yeah it's great yeah so it was so fun I had like my first green out experience there (laughs) really funny I was just I I smoked like this insane weed out of this fucking makeshift gravity bong always he's always got the fucking gravity bongs there (laughs) Yeah, Brandon did like this makeshift gravity bong with like a two liter bottle of pop yeah. that was just at the at the studio that he found. And we were just like smoking weed out of that. And I hit like this like $25 a gram weed through the <laughs> gravity bong. And I was just like upstairs. We were trying to record a song for Slowly Forever. And I, like, I was upstairs and I was just like vibrating. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And I like, <laughs> yeah. started like, crying. And then like it was sun, like it was sunset and like the stained glass windows were like <laughs> had a huge fucking Jesus Christ on the ground. Oh my God. It's just too and much. I was, like, holy fuck. Like, is this like something? Like, <laughs> really grasping at shit. Like everything was so crazy to me. And I was like praying. Like I was like praying to not die. I thought I was going to die. I was like touring with Chastity and 
we were on tour with fucked up and you know how like damien is like a super weed guy and shit <laughs> yeah so we played a show in vancouver it was our last show of the tour and we had to cross the border to fly to detroit and drive home from detroit because the domestic flights are cheaper and in, in america so we're like let's let's just go over the border and fly there so before we left the show like i wasn't thinking and damien is like do you want to try hitting a dab oh and no like, yeah let's do it <laughs> <laughs> and i like i hit it it was just so like i, I just like almost puked because of how yeah. intense the smoke like the vapor was oh it's fucking hard man yeah and like I was just like so high after I remember we were like go driving to the border and I thought Brandon like the singer was like talking to me in the van and like he was just talking to me and talking to me and I was like saying things out loud like having conversation then like it was like this kind of high where like every five minutes you or like every like 15 20 minutes you knew you were just high for like five minutes yeah you're like high and you're just like I'm just high it's whatever I'm high mm-hmm. and like there was a point where I was just like, oh, Brandon, I'm so sorry. I don't know what we're talking about. Like, I'm just super high right now. And then Brandon looks back at me. He's like, we weren't talking. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. And then we had to cross the border. <laughs> and then we got pulled in. Of course. Oh yeah, because you guys got the van and everything, right? Well, it wasn't even because of that. It's because apparently there was a criminal named Brandon Williams in BC. Whoa. So- but it wasn't him. They were just like, can we pull you in for a second just for questioning? And it wasn't him because I ended up mm-hmm. pulling up a picture of the guy and it was a completely different dude. Yeah. yeah. But I thought I was in there being like, oh my God, they're going to fucking destroy me. And like, I'm fucking <laughs> they're going to shoot. <laughs> they're going to fucking rip the van apart. Like, But no, yeah. it wasn't that at all. We were out, in and out in like 30 minutes. <laughs> it was like 30 minutes that felt like seven hours, you know? <laughs> Jesus, that's actually really funny. I actually have a fun, I have a chastity poster in my room right now. True, that's sad. Yeah. Uh, actually, that brings up a question was, um, so you've played, so you've done Iris, you've done, um, you're doing 30 Cent Fair. Uh, what is the other projects you've been in? You've been in part of Chastity. Were you part of recording with them? Were you just touring? I recorded Deathlust with Chastity and I okay. did like very minimal writing. Like I was just adding like finishing touches to songs, but the songs were already written. Mm-hmm. Um I write with him now. Like I'm writing a lot with him now. It's great. I love working with him. He's the best. And are you an official member now? No, it's like it's always gonna be he's the official member, right? but I want to tour with him again. And I think that I'm hoping that that happens. Like, I'm, uh, but like, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, it's his decision. It's his band, but like mm-hmm. we're, we're homies and we've always enjoyed touring together. So like, I hope that we tour together. Like, and I want to, cause he's a fun dude to be around. He's very low stakes and just makes you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. You got to tour with, but writing with him rocks. Like he's, very everything that i think that like i i think sucks because i'm in my head about it he's always like down to just sort of be like no it's really good let's work on it Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) it's always good having someone else writing with you because you 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 write these songs and you're like okay i have something i don't know if this is like i just have no idea if it's good or not it's always Um, second guessing when you're alone right guessing what you're doing 
and it's just like a dumb way to think honestly but it's just something that like i feel like a lot of people struggle with and well totally because you know you don't know if it's like what you've done is like where is it just average is it like worth like actually pers- keep going with it so it's good to have you know someone to help you raise uh, no this is this is good let's go with it yeah to have like somebody there with you to be like oh this is good let's keep working on it let's record it it's, it's such a good fucking vibe to be around and i i it's just like with iris like a lot of those songs like fix me like me and matt wrote together which was my favorite song that we wrote in so that. good that's that's a song that like showed me like i was introduced to iris with yeah, Numb I wrote by myself. Brad wrote Ragdoll. Mm-hmm. And then the Downfall, I, I wrote the music. Danielle wrote the lyrics. Danielle wrote the lyrics for like pretty much everything. But mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, I don't know. Like for writing the music for that band, it was like the songs that I wrote by myself, like I was like always second guessing. But whenever I was doing it with Matt, like when I did it with Matt, we did fix me together. And I was like, this rocks. Like, oh my God, this is so much easier to do with somebody. Yeah. Cause you're both getting excited about it at the same time, too. Right. Yeah. yeah you know, that's like, that's why I love sending riffs I write to Brandon, like Brandon Santi. Mm-hmm. He's just like, this rocks. Yeah. Like, Right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How long have you been working um, with chat specifically Chastity? Like, obviously, you've been writing with Brandon for a while. Then, Um, yeah, like in 2016, never met the guy. Oh, we get a phone call from him. I guess my friend Jacob passed off my number to him. He's like, "Hey, uh, my name's Brandon. I play in Chastity. Like, do you know Chastity?" I'm like, "Yeah. Like, I really like your music." I would think it's really good and then he's just like yeah so Jacob gave me your number um our guitarist doesn't want to tour with us anymore and we need a guitarist to tour with and Jacob said you're really good do you want to do this and I was like let's do it and then we toured with Casper Skulls you know Casper Skulls we toured with them for like 10 days and it was just the east coast of Canada Mm -hmm. and then like two weeks after that Brandon was like I got a tour offer with Pup like should I do it like does that make sense for the band and I'm like I don't even think it matters if it makes sense for the band you'd be selling out like every yeah. show is sold out pup's big go play with yeah. pup <laughs> do it and then he did it and then got me a visa and then we did it together and that was yeah it's it's history like that that guy like he really I'm I'm so happy he reached out to me that one day because I could have gone any other way and Mm-hmm. those tours are probably like the best tours i've ever been on because they're like the first tours i've ever been on you know like they're the first tours i've ever been on that like are contract shows you're playing like big venues and not just like a string of shows like an actual yeah. like like i there was a tour that i did with them in 2019 it was six and a half weeks six and a half weeks and we played almost every day jesus christ had, like, three days off the whole time i loved it i loved it but i could tell that some people were getting tired oh yeah (laughs) i fucking was so down that was with dilly dally oh nice yeah that was a fun tour man it's like that that that's what i'm saying like with brandon it's just like he's in a world that i'm not used to yeah I, i don't get attention from in my music and he helps me get he helps me get out there you know and it helps me like see that world and 
yeah it's fun it's a good time everybody's chilling yeah everybody's like looking grimy after fucking five days where did the name for 30 cent fair come from it came from a poem by richard Brodigan. Ooh. it was called uh 30 cents to transfers love and it says i paid the bus fare I paid the bus fare twice, 15 cents, something like that. And I was like, yeah. 30 cents fare, that's a cool name. 30 cents fare, yeah. I really like it. It, it. It's funny because you were mentioning Third Eye Blind. And like, because like, I can I can kind of see that like, um, not that you guys sound the same, but I can kind of hear, a, I don't know if influence is the right word, but in the Third Eye like, Blind and 30 cents. Something wild, like, because that's the whole thing is with Third Eye Blind. Is like I didn't listen to them before that, but now when I listen to the two things, I'm like, oh, there's like a kind of jangly alt rock thing going on. It's kind of fun, you know. So yeah, it's kind of like Third Eye Blind, yeah. Yeah, it's actually, so funny because like that's when, that's another thing. Like, sorry to go back, but oh, that's okay. with the Palm de Long stuff, so many people <laughs> told me that the writing that I do for Iris sounds like Tom DeLonge because of the way I write music and I'm like I never really listened to his bands I don't know where it's coming from now that I listen to them Mm -hmm. I'm like fuck like Iris is literally a pop punk band that's (laughs) gays aesthetics like in their songs like they like it literally just sounds like pop punk if you strip away the effects like it blows my mind yeah yeah Iris all Iris is is just a pop punk band with big big pedal boards yeah that's all <laughs> i'm i'm cool with it like it's it means it's catchy that's all that it means to me well it's it's like doing well for you though pardon like i mean it, it worked out right because like dude honestly when when i booked that show um that we both played yeah the amount of people in town like in st Catharines, like st Catharines, like you guys never did you guys ever play st Catharines before that show we did but not since 2014 or 2013 yeah there was so much hype for you guys for that show. I was shocked. Do you there was like people tweeting about it? Yeah, was, that like what the you, fuck? St. Catharines loved Iris and like that the fact that you guys like hadn't played for so long and then yeah, the, yeah. the church, like the silver spire or whatever in St. Catharines. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to do that and I was like, well, Mikado's this disgusting bar in 2013 as well. That's was Mikado's? Was Mikado's. <laughs> No. That was a very different spot that we played with ism oh what they're so sick oh man that i actually was gonna mention so ism sick. when we were talking about davis and how like sick like and like loud and heavy everything was was ism was the first thing he'd done that i had heard and i was just like oh hey, yeah yeah it's like when i when i was recording iris with davis for the first time josh cass was there mm-hmm. i had no idea he was an ism yeah and then after i figured out he was an ism i was like holy fuck Oh, that band is so good. I forgot about them. And then I listened to them and I was like, Pfft. Yeah. He's working. Yeah, like in Catharines has the craziest thing about St. Catherine's scene or like Niagara's scene is that almost every musician there is so talented at their instrument. Yeah. Like so fucking talented. You do not see that a lot in like any scene. Like in Toronto, we have like so many bands that sound like they just went to OCAD and their parents are rich and they bought them. <laughs> and they like suck at their instruments yeah everybody in st Catharines is so good 
but yeah, no, like almost every band I've seen from St. Catharines, I've been like, how are people playing like this? Like, I've never seen anything. (laughs) I just, man, like Josh was always so fun to watch, like perform. I remember, so I think I played with Ism once or twice um because they were also like josh was also at my first band's recording process um and he was super for our songs that were heavier he was super helpful for like it was really cool yeah like he just seems like he knows what he's doing when it comes yeah Uh, and then um we were we performed at uh scene fest um at this bar called that was it used to be called coco cabana i don't know what it is anymore um and it was the last scene fest they had booked like fucking mariana's trench lights matthew good band like there was they bankrupt themselves on this one yeah and and um ism was playing right before after us but whenever they played just like it just stormed so hard outside like it was like a downpour with like lightning and thunder and that with ism was just like watching gods perform that's like fucking that's like fucking like hell is coming to earth yeah it's funny though because the next time i saw josh perform in a heavy band because he ended up doing pizza sharks and fourth wave for a long time did you ever listen to that i can't yeah pizza sharks and fourth yeah no yeah definitely i remember we played with them i love that record that they did yeah on the last one they did they when we played with them they were testing the songs live i think <laughs> they're fucking insane musicians what's his name alistair alistair yeah he was yeah yeah and he was in my band he rocks i love alistair to death yeah. he is like one of my best friends he yeah. one of the coolest guitar players he, he's super oh like he looks he looks sick when he plays he looks so cool he has that that like i don't care aesthetic when he plays but he's just really good i know right oh i love him to death he was i I lived with him for a short amount of time before i moved away and like Mm -hmm. so nice having him as a roommate i love the voice too that like mask like fucking um i guess like it would be like post grunge-ish kind of sound yeah that band like they wrote such good songs it was like it was like intricate and different, but not not like jerk offy. You know, it's not like they were like wanking themselves off or anything. Exactly. Like they just wrote good songs that were different. Fun story about them was um, so. Did you ever hear about the temple in St. Catharines? It was a basement venue um, that was called the Temple. Some of the it was great because it was like a show, like it was respected like as a show, but it was definitely a party at the same time. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> and it was so it was always great because there's there'd be a show there like once every or every other week. I and heard about this venue once actually. Oh man! I think Cody Thompson told me a story about that place <laughs> where like he said in between every band, everybody in the venue went out. <laughs> like and he said i was he like said like i felt like i was the only person who didn't smoke there everybody would leave and smoke like the house was like on a busy like one of the main streets of saint catherine's Mm -hmm. and so it's just like this house with like 50 kids like just outside smoking drunk as shit and then loud music coming from it so but pizza sharks was playing a show and actually speaking like going back to how we're talking about bands with gimmicks um they would all dress in like drag and yeah, then I, re- I remember that when i saw them 
but they had two TVs set up on top of their cabs um, at the temple. One was playing Ratatouille. The other <laughs> was playing That's this crazy. weird fucking porno about, it's like the dude was dressed up as a gorilla and he was like old as shit. Like I think it was like VCR. So, so they had them playing at the same time as they were playing in the basement. It was so sick. Um, that's a great memory. Yeah. 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 Those guys were all such good musicians. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're fucking unbelievable. Who plays drums for them? Was that that Diz James guy? Yeah, Diz James. That guy rocks. He, he's a... F- now that, that's, that guy's a fucking musician. Like... Niagara. It's we have a band like Pizza Sharks or Fourth Way or whatever they're called now. A band of four people who are all insanely good at what they do. Like the I'm sure best. they're all multi-instrumental like people. Like I'm sure they all play different instruments. Mm-hmm. I never in my life have seen that in a band from another town. I don't know. It's like it's so so jarring sometimes playing there because I'm like I'm not as good as these people. Oh no. <laughs> It always, it was always super intimidating, man. Yeah, it feels intimidating. Um, I have a friend named Desi who recorded some songs with Davis, and he got Nick to come in to play some instruments, and like everything I heard on that record was like everything was just polished because that that guy is good. I don't think I've talked to him for more than two minutes, but yeah, Stan over here being like this guy is amazing. (laughs) But yeah, it's like. I, there's so many people in Niagara that I'm like, yeah, amazing. Well, it feels it does feel that way though. Like for like Niagara kids going to Toronto, like there's a lot of guys who are like, holy I guess shit, maybe it's I'm not used to the area, you know. But, yeah, and I think it might like as well with Niagara. It feels like the like Toronto, it's so vast the music scene there. Like there's yeah. so much. Whereas if you go to like Niagara, I, it. it you're kind of coming across like a, a smaller group yeah and i feel like since like rent is cheaper there and shit that people are able to have like um jam spaces and shit for like more amounts of time like in here if you want a jam space you're like splitting with seven bands i mean a week, but... you went to the stew it was pretty much seven seven oh, bands there <laughs> i feel like heavy hearts is jamming there like every fucking five minutes <laughs> yeah they pretty much were yeah, I know. That like damn. I remember one time I was recording there, they like were jamming and I was like shit. Like it would be so cool to have a fucking jam spot there. Yeah. Yeah, I always thought it was always it was always uh friends' basements or my, my parents' basements for me. Yeah, and meanwhile I'm at fucking hourly fucking places paying twenty bucks an hour. Oh wow. <laughs> I never I never got to experience that and I wish I had. Like I no, still you know. <laughs> so dumb it's like you're just on some time constraint does that include setup too that hour yeah yeah it's like you go there you have a book from seven till nine or something it was minimum two hours 20 bucks an hour minimum two hours but you got to pay 20 an hour interesting yeah and then it's just like you know sometimes your band members show up fucking an hour late (laughs) (laughs) maybe got one hour in there you know yeah but it's uh i mean like it sucks. All the rehearsal studios are closing because of COVID. So yeah, every band in Toronto is about to suck. <laughs> well, not Iris 2.0 or whatever you plan to call it. I haven't jammed with them since fucking 
November 2019. Yeah, no, November 2019. Yeah. I guess it's not long before. Show. Play a show with nothing, and that was the right. last time I played with them. Yeah, I oh, I was supposed to go to that show. Uh, my friend ended up going though. Her... Yeah, we, we hung out like the band's been hanging out and shit here and there, but you know, COVID and shit. Mm-hmm. I, I hate like saying that, but it's true. Like I feel like it's put a strain on like how often I want to see people or like be around people, and also like it's like I'm afraid of getting sick and. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm affecting four other people who live in this building with me, you know. Yeah, it's so hard because, like, obviously everyone's like, sick of it. Like, I've fatigue. Like, I've been chilling with people, but I've been very like minimal with the amount of been chilling with mm-hmm. people, and like, I've been bailing a lot. I yeah, hate that. I, I like <laughs> you've never seen me bail before this, but now I'm just like I'm down to be alone sometimes. So I know. That's I, I I know right like before that I also was like any excuse to go like out and like have some drinks with friends or just do anything I was like fuck yeah, yeah. let's do it I'll be out as late as I'll be out as late as possible and yeah. and now it's like like nine p.m. A friend messaged me like hey do you want to play video games I'm like oh, talking yeah no I think that's totally I actually quit drinking and good for you it's gonna affect like. I feel like it's going to affect my social life. I feel like I'm not going to want to go to bars. Like, my friends are like, oh, we're all going to fucking the Waltzing Weasel or <laughs> the Waltzing Bar Weasel. name. <laughs> I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, let's chill. <laughs> like, yeah, you're know, like, I'm fuck. Like, I'm not going to want to be in that environment. Yeah. Noxious. It, but yeah. Like, you know, it's I have nothing against people who drink. It's just being in a bar. There's just obnoxious people there. Yeah, when you're out drinking and just everyone's screaming around you, you're just like, oh my god, why am I here? I not miss. That's something I do not miss. Having a packed bar with people screaming. It's just yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's yeah. just like it definitely. I can't even imagine this year being a time where shows will be normal no especially yeah it blows me away like every time i see in the states like full u.s tours being booked now um like have you Canadian dates on that i'm like (laughs) i know right yeah um canceled oh yeah did you excuse me did you see um there's this thing in that happened in la um like the it's called the Dead City Punks. Was that, that one that the All Gas No Breaks guy just in coverage on? Yeah, like, my partner was watching that last night. It was fucking. Like, it was nuts. The guy that makes those videos is really good at making every side look cringe. Yeah, like I love that. Side of the political spectrum look cringe because yeah. there is people on every side of the spectrum that are so fucking lame like yeah dude i i love his content i i i watch all of it it's I, like something i don't put on myself but if it's on like i'll watch it because i'm really interested in it i can't mm-hmm. say like i'm like cried laughing from it because mostly i'm just like shocked yeah oh yeah um but uh sorry what i was gonna say was this thing happened so he, he did cover that punk show yeah. but i i so you know how I mentioned Matty Matheson's podcast? Yeah, yeah. So he all he hosts it with this dude named uh, Al uh, Alex Tutone or something. He's like a gra- graffiti writer in LA. Yeah, yeah. And he's like pretty 
popular or he's well known in LA for like fashion shit and I guess like those dead city punk that band they um are close with him and so I I got to see like so many videos from different viewpoints of that show and it was nuts like there was so it's huge huge there was two at least two thousand people there yeah there was was fireworks there was fire just everywhere there was like cops and like choppers shooting rubber bullets at the show like it was it 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 makes it's where i don't know how i feel about it because like there's a pandemic and like sure the u.s is like like reopening sooner but but doesn't mean they're like pretty stellar in terms yeah getting a proper rollout going like it's like as good as the u.s can do it but like it, yeah, it's crazy that I I know so many people in the U.S. have gotten their second vax already, and they only had to wait two weeks. And yeah, I gotta wait till September fifth. Yeah, and I know it's gonna get pushed back. I know it's gonna get pushed back. But mm-hmm. Like we're gonna, I'm probably gonna get it in the summer, probably. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, is there anything you wanted to um? Is there say? a question? Is this the last question? Last question. Yeah. Anything you want to say? Anything you want to get off your chest? You know, tell the world new projects. You kind of already dabbled on that. But we dabbled. We uh, dabbled. <laughs> I mean, fuck. Uh, I don't know anything I want to say. Plug. You know. Read some books. Read some books. <laughs> Read some books about alternative thinking to your to your current mindset like allow yourself to be open to new things it's really beautiful don't be embarrassed of anything that you like always always like wear your heart on your sleeve and shit and like wear your influences on your sleeve and like let people know what you like because it's important to like be like that makes you uniquely you you know that's what I want to leave off on because I feel like a lot of people are embarrassed of what they like and I used to be embarrassed of what I like and now that I've sort of figured out that I like what I like because I like it, mm-hmm. like nice to just be able to be like, oh, I, I love things. <laughs> <laughs> I love things. Man, that was the most like heartfelt actual like last I, thing anyone yeah. said. Everyone was I like, no yeah, problem. we got a new record coming out. Check it out on. <laughs> I, I don't got it. I don't got a new record coming out. Um, <laughs> old record coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I got something. I got one that's already been released coming out again. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to listen to that when that comes out. I'm not going to say... I'm not even supposed to talk about it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, and yeah, new Blade dropped yesterday. Listen to Blade. There you go. He's sick. <laughs> Everybody's going to dog on that guy, but he's he's got he's got a following. So that's a lot more than a lot of people can say. That's true. That's true. Yeah, just ethereal rap music. It's like this fucking scrawny white kid from sweden <laughs> and he just loads his voice with auto-tune oh is it blade with like two two bees okay yeah 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 yeah. so good it, it's it's crazy because he's like i don't even i can't tell like i felt like the first time i heard it well the first time i heard it it wasn't like i ironically liked it or anything the first time i heard it i was like this beat rocks but i didn't really care for him yeah but now i'm like I like him. I, I like I like who he is. I'm not gonna lie. I think yeah. he's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's doing his thing, and people are jealous if they don't like it. I don't know. <laughs> there, you, there you have it.
yeah. all five listeners listen to blade love yourself wear your heart on your sleeve <laughs> awesome thanks so much scott it was really great catching up with yeah, you and sick catching talking. up with you this is a good combo i love it i love this this is fun we'll tackle yeah. santi yeah let's do it let's do santi next rip his brain apart i want to figure out who he is let's do it a mystery i just text me like i'm playing tennis with the wall right now i'm like why didn't you text me we're like two minutes away from each other let's play tennis together all right scott i'll talk to you later it's good talking to you see ya dude